Hey, Keith. Welcome to the Open Podcast. Hey, Michaela. How are you? Um, I am overlooking the ocean right now. I'm on another island nearby Puerto Rico and hopping around with our community group and feeling quite rested and taken care of right now. Hmm. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing well. I had some leftover pizza for breakfast and uh, kind of starting my day. <laughs> uh, pizza's like one of these things that the leftovers are always better than the original. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about menstruation. Yay. All right. Also, AKA, what do they, what do they call it? Mrs. Flow or something? Mrs. Flow. <laughs> right? Something like that. That's one of the names. AKA Mrs. Flow, Moon Cycle, Menstrual Cycle, Menses, PMS, um, the RAG. All of mm. these have been terms that have been interchangeable for women bleeding and or the menstrual cycle as a whole and the menstrual menstrual cycle includes things other than just menstruation um today we're going to have a little bit of an emphasis on menstruation itself but we're going to discuss aspects of the entire cycle and yeah i would like us to to use specifically the appropriate scientific name of the menstrual cycle or the moon cycle, which I would argue is also a scientific name because we cycle with the moon. Yeah, totally. I mean, well, you used to, we used to, I guess when I mean, we meaning women, uh, females and, um, until kind of the advent of birth control and indoor living, um, <laughs> Although my understanding is right a fair number of women do still cycle on the moon or some uh it might not necessarily be totally on the full moon they might be on one of the other moons and that often women living together start to um cycle together if they're sharing a home so Why yeah I'm all, I'm all for using those names and like it was so interesting when you said the rag i'm like you know, it's so derogatory and I haven't, I literally have not heard that probably since like college or something like that. It's just like an awful uh, expression. There's, I felt some cringe in my system hearing it. I feel so validated right now. Um, I actually had a recent partner call it that and we're no longer partners. That's what uh, I'll say. <laughs> enough said. I, I just wanted yeah, to look deeply... at him and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Did you yeah. just call it the, like he said something along the lines of when you're on the rag? Oh. And and I also had empathy of like that's what he was taught. Right. That's what he learned. Like it's not really his fault, sure, it's his responsibility to educate himself, but like that's what he relates to. Yeah. Yeah, even my you know, my inner high school boy comes out sometimes, but even even that one feels like a little too, too far out, but mm -hmm. yeah. So anyway, so I think that's, that's the point of today is to get more, yeah, just more, more clarity on, on what it is. And especially 
in relationship to like how it affects our sexuality from obviously from your perspective as well as from the male perspective. Yeah, I'd love to hear you share a little bit because you and I have talked a lot about the different experiences you have with women, depending on where they're at in their cycle. And because you've had probably more experience with women being on their cycle than I have um, and note taking the different aspects or qualities or characteristics that come out at each stage in the menstrual cycle, I'd love to hear you go in a little bit and share you know, what you notice in the structural changes of the body when a woman's bleeding versus when she's ovulating, et cetera. Sure. Yeah, this is, I think I, once I started journeying down the path of um, sacred sexuality and Tantra and these things, it became clear that I, I was doing a kind of science experiment and the more information I had about my own body and practicing ejaculatory choice, I needed to know like what was happening in my partner's bodies and and their their cycles and their energies and and um <clears throat> and so I, I started to you know I often I always would track started to track my partner's cycles as well and what I found interesting is that in that is women would often be surprised uh, when I would ask like where what you know what day are you on in your cycle and even to, even to this day and and i'm actually surprised at how much uh first of all women weren't actually aware of that like oh i think i bled um you know and they kind of think about it for a while so i usually even have to make a request of hey, i had really like to, to to have this information it's important for me you know for birth control and for like energetic management to know like where you are in the 25 to 30 day cycle and and also after a while like it was also interesting that I, I just found myself like more educated on the and the hormones and the and the and the process and all of that um, because it was so um, um, important to me. And I think I think I, I a couple things I, I I've noticed and still track in relationship to um, sexuality uh, were, are the kind of the differing differing libidos of of women. Um, and also just like the amount of the, the amount and power of, of the sexual energy. And I think, of course, this varies tremendously from women to woman to woman. Uh, but let's say I'm just like, you know, with a long term lover over time, and I get to really learn that that cycle well, um, and experiencing um, probably the the in my early days of practicing ejaculatory choice, I always I, I started to notice that the two hardest times, most difficult times of month for me to 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 avoid ejaculation were in the kind of two to four day ovulation window, um, and then like the day or two right before menstruation. Yeah, mm-hmm. those like, were the hardest for you not to come. Yeah, exactly, and 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 they had different qualities actually because the ovulation period it, it felt extremely biological. It was like, despite despite my my you know my desire to to practice um, ejaculatory choice and like making like I know this is what I want to do. My body doesn't really know that, right? And so like the horm the hormones that are interacting with my partner's hormones were just saying like, oh, now's the time, like now's the time to make more of you. Um, so I could really I can really feel the biology at play um, in in that window, <clears throat> and then the the uh 
just before menstruation of people, if you know about the cycle, what happens is like the, for women, progesterone and estrogen drop to zero. And it's the one time of month that like, there's like one day where women actually have a little more testosterone than they do the other, um, the other hormones. And that's actually what initiates the, the, the menstruation. Um, and that for me, it was just like, it's an energetic, there's like all this like downward energy in the body coming from the woman. Cause like her body's about to go into like an outward flow. Um, and so it just felt like an energetic pulling. It wasn't a biological, oh, I need to like create more. It was just more like something's trying to be pulled down and out. And so my body would be responding similarly to partners. Wow. Like something's trying to be released essentially. Exactly. Yeah. What is your, what is your experience with say those, those windows or throughout the month in relationship to your kind of libido or desire? I would say that I'm, I'm just now learning more and more about it. Um, it's been the past year that I've been on a journey of coming into way deeper union with my menstruation and literally making it my top priority to organize and schedule my life and my schedule around it and how much more easeful my life feels when I do that. And when I actually like take a week off and I know not everyone has the privilege or luxury to be able to do that. And, you know, I, I just jam pack things around in the three other weeks, but in regards to libido, it's, it's really interesting. Like what I can say is yesterday I've felt the horniest I felt in a really, really long time. And it was the day before I bled. I just started bleeding yep. this morning. Um, and I haven't really mapped it to like when I feel the most horny. Um, it's really interesting. Like I, I would say it's kind of been all over the place for me when I'm looking back at my past. Um, but in general that I feel relatively horny on my period. And I know some women don't. Um, I also know that sex can like initiate my period and make me, it can like use cramps. And I know orgasm can like release things that help the body be more resilient to cramps and not in much as much physical pain during menstruation. And so, yeah, there's like a lot of different things that I think draw me to, to sex on my period. I've, I've been with partners who aren't open to having sex on my period because yep. blood freaks them out or they're disgusted by it. And then I've been with men who literally will eat my pussy and rub their face in all my blood and like worship me as mm -hmm. the bleeding goddess who is purifying the world around us through my own body. Yeah. And it's like, thank you. How may I serve you? Can mm -hmm. I get you food? Do not get up. Don't move. Like I, there, there's tears coming to my eyes right now. We've been thinking about being served or taken care of in this way. Um, that, you know, my understanding is we used to be, um, and women were sent to go be with other women specifically because there's something other women understand about what you're going through and the energies that are moving through you that men just can't, they can educate themselves, but they just don't understand. Right. And, and, uh, you know, I do, I do believe there are some, there were cultures that did honor this more. Um, I, I think, unfortunately it, it was a lot the other way where, um, you know, in traditional India, for example, 
men would not even eat the food, wouldn't eat the food that their women cooked during menstruation. So the women wouldn't cook. That's they would prepare things in advance because it was considered dirty, like lower energy. And and I believe in the Jewish tradition, it's there's like something similar. Like men, a traditional Jew isn't supposed to have sex with a woman. We were recently in a conversation about this, but it was like some like eight, eight or 11 days or something like that after yeah. the onset. And um, so there, you know, there are unfortunately like a lot of taboos that came religiously and, and otherwise. Um, and I think I think some of these were directed at um, fertility, right? Like trying to focus people's sexual activity during fertile windows, you know, might have had like societal effects and things. But I still remember my my Tantra teacher, like when he would he would tell these stories about how it was. And he's like, well, you know, those were the, 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 you know, the Brahmin class or whatever. He's like, but tantrics, he was like, he was like the more bleeding women, the better put them in the kitchen, have them cook the food. We want all that. Cause it's just energy. Right. Yeah. And it's like acknowledging that it was a really strong, powerful energy that men couldn't handle. So like the, the more uh, conservative paths were like, well, just keep it away from them. You know, yeah. men where like a tantra would say, no, I, I have my own tools. I can work with that energy. Um, yep. and, and I think I'm like, what a shame if 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 I live in a society that I'm not supposed to touch or interact with my partner for like six to eight days of the month or whatever it is. Like, that sounds awful. Yeah. And like, I know you've shared with me when you are um, when you're menstruating that you you know, that's often a time where you actually require more like tenderness and, and care. And I think that's pretty to, to be like isolated in that time seems really ridiculous, actually. Yeah, I yeah, what you spoke to, I want to go back to what you spoke to is such reflection of the tantric path, which to me is like one of its purest essence is welcoming everything. And releasing the idea of good or bad or right and wrong. And can you welcome something that you don't like or that you think is bad just as much as you welcome something that brings you pleasure and you judge as good? Um, and can you just be with the arising? And so, you know, it's, it's no shit that tantricas, you know, throughout time are like, it's just energy and it's my job to work with it. It's not the woman's job to like go away. It's my job yeah. to become a master of energy and know how I can bend, how I can dance with this energy that I am being met with instead of being like, I don't like this. She's being controlling or demanding or masculine or feminine or whiny or victimy. And I want her to go away. Um, but I've been having a lot of increased conflict with my partner recently, especially because I've been premenstrual. And I would say that's when I have the most intense like period symptoms is in the couple days before and like it feels like once I start bleeding there's like a bubble that bursts or pops and I yeah. start to like drain the energy but the buildup in the couple days before like I'm slitting throats I don't give a fuck like get out of my fucking way I just like sh everyone stop talking your how you breathe is annoying like everything <laughs> and um and so my partner and I got in a huge conflict about, you know, him feeling impacted about how I am when I'm premenstrual. So I started like interviewing a bunch of the guys in our group yesterday about their experience with being with partners who are bleeding and things like that. And people's answers ranged from like, oh, yeah, that time of the month when women are less effective is what one person said. And then 
Um, another person said, like, basically, I was like, what do you, how do you experience women when they're bleeding, especially your partner? And he was like, shorter fuse, uh-huh. increased frequency of conflict, increased duration of conflict, and increased intensity of conflict. And I'm like, wow, that's really, that's a really beautiful breakdown. I resonate with that. And yeah. And then, you know, I, I've expressed to my partner in the past of being like, Hey, why do we, why don't we just take space during this time? Like, it sounds like how I act doesn't work for you. Um, because it's just like too much for you. And you think I'm being a total bitch and maybe I am. And he's like, he had a really hard time understanding that because he was like wait I either have to be okay with you being a bitch or I don't get to see you for a week <laughs> and I was like yep <laughs> you know? and this this brings up this topic of like people wanting to know like should women just be excused for how they're acting on their period and like my argument is like fucking yeah absolutely <laughs> like if if we pump these hormones into men if men have this experience like I'm not even going to talk about it with them like they have no fucking idea right and you know I saw this um like this machine that they put on men that is like a stim unit that they put on their stomach and they reenact they can like reenact cramping in a man's abdomen Uh and so his woman right let's say I put it on And they have a scale from one to 10. And so they'll say, Michaela, we're going to increase the pain. Let us know um, what number your period usually is at. So I'll be like, oh, okay. I'm usually like a two or three. Like my period's a two or three cramp level. Or I'm like, oh, I'm usually a seven and eight. They put it on the boyfriend and it's a YouTube video. I can, we can post it so people can see it, but they put it on her boyfriend. She's normally a seven or an eight on her period in pain. He's, he as soon as one starts like crying and is like oh i don't like this and they take him up to three and he's just like basically like red i can't go anymore this is too much at three (laughs) and his girlfriend has a seven or eight each month well you know another thing you've you've shared with me is um that you know generally throughout the month like in your sexual play and things like that, you're, you're available for pretty rough contact or touch. And then there is, yeah. yeah, And then there's like, you know, a five day window that, that, that just does not work for you. And that you've had some frustration with like when your partner sort of treats you the same throughout. And like, and it's like that attunement thing of um, like, I noticed when you said, women should just be given a full excuse or something like that. I'm like, part of me is like, I see, I feel some resistance in that. I'm like, I want us I'm like, can we just like attune to each other that we're like, that we have these kind of cycles. And this is why I'm like, it's so important to know for a woman to know where she is herself. And then for a man to, to, to be aware of it and, and um, um, like adjust accordingly. Right. Cause I don't think it's as black as white as like, oh, I either have to deal with you being a bitch or I have to be like in another place. Right. Like, I'm like, there's got to be a, a middle ground here. Yeah, I don't have the answer, yeah. but I know that other civilizations have thrived just having women. Like, if I could have it all in my own way, based on how men interact <clears throat> with me when I'm bleeding, I don't want to be fucking around them. Yeah. Like, the lack of attunement 
you know, and like even simple things like making a request when a woman is bleeding to me, like, you know, my partner and I are still learning each other's system so much. And like men and women are forever learning about each other's different differences. Um, but he was like, Hey, can you like grab my breakfast and hand me my laptop and like grab them from the inside? And like even yeah. being requested to do things versus being taken care of, you know, like the other day I was, um, we were all having dinner together and like, I knew one of the women was bleeding and I went and grabbed her plate to clear her plate for her. And then she just looked up at me and just started crying oh. as if like, she's always just had to take care of her fucking self and clean her own fucking plate and do her own fucking dishes and serve herself. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, like, uh. right. There's, there's something around the world that we're in and how it's in, in general, not attuned to any of our cycles actually, but, but certainly not um, women's. And you made that point of, I think one of your friends said something about, Oh, that's the half of the month when women are less efficient or something. Yeah. Less effective. Less effective. And there's actually, I've seen research recently on this exact thing of, you know, the first half of the month um, leading up to ovulation, the women's estrogen is building. Uh, and so most, I think most women who are tracking recognize that actually they do feel more um, effective, efficient, like, like outward in that sense in that first part of the month. And then there's the second half where it starts moving, the energy kind of starts moving in. And, but we don't live in a world where you can work two weeks on, two weeks off, right? Yeah. So yeah. we've all, we've had to learn, you know, it's another conversation. Men also, we have certain kind of cycles um, uh, in different ways too. I think they're, they're, they're longer, but uh, they're disconnected from our societal structure of how we're supposed to be together. And you know, we make make plans and i mean we've even talked in the past i think of trying to schedule our workshops right like around times yeah. when you're not not premenstrual or menstrual and and it's just it's hard too right because it's also the modern life you're not always exactly regular and these kind of things so it's, it's like really difficult to to work and then we just learn to endure and to push through yeah i don't like that i know but yeah that's what's happened that's what's happened yeah. to me and you know, it's tough when like, you know, traveling and I'm like already traveling for a reason. And so it's harder to plan, you know, our workshops or our work around it. And, you know, we try to as much as we can. And you've been so fucking flexible and understanding and loving um, when we've done workshops and I am bleeding and you're just like, just let me know what you need. Like, if you want me to <laughs> run the workshop, you take it back, just let me know. Right. I'm I'm suddenly remembering coming back from uh, source tantra training and um, you putting your your menstrual blood on your forehead. I kind of mm -hmm. encourage that or something. And and I remember there was at that time like a talk of like let's normalize this, right? Because also as a man, I can I I know you can tell which color how dark the color is, like where the woman is. Like is this day one or is this kind of like day four? Um, and I'm like, what, this would be a great way to start, um, helping people attune to that. And I, so I remember, I think we, we got back to Boulder and we went into like a, 
Um, oh, no, this was right after Ista, actually. And then we went into a supermarket in Boulder. <laughs> and the meat stand guy, I think, like, the meat counter guy was just like, oh, what religion are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that? You were like, pussy witch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I was like, um, yeah, it's basically what Keith is referencing right now is we were at ISTA, which is a sexual sexuality training. It stands for International School of Temple Arts. Um, and they take teachings from all over, both ancient and new age, um, and are really trying to create a movement around normalizing sexuality again. And in our modern world and being a more integrated organism as a society and community. And um, they do these different honoring practices at ISTA of the masculine and feminine. And during the feminine day, I basically got like a download during meditation to start honoring my period in different ways because I hadn't really before. And one of those ways was to like track it better and plan my life around it. Yeah. And another was that when I was bleeding, that I would be in ceremony and that I would be, right. you know, not interacting with people very much that I would wear a veil and wear my blood on my forehead and I didn't understand like any of what I was being instructed to do. Right. I'm like, I don't fucking ask questions when I get downloads. I'll just do it. See what happens. So I'm in, I'm rooming with Keith at the time and he's super supportive. He's like, yeah, fucking pussy blood. woohoo!" <laughs> and so I felt very supported and stuff. And so I started putting on my forehead and it was the first time in my life when I did that the first time at ISTA that I had a three day period. I have only ever had seven day periods that have been really, really heavy. Um, I haven't had, like, I've had cramps, but never anything that like keeps me in bed or makes me nauseous. I know a lot of women who like get the flu when they're on their period, they're throwing up, they're, you know, having diarrhea, they're having like a really intense experience. Um, and so for me, like I've had symptoms, they weren't light, but they weren't terrible. And yeah, after doing this practice of really actually creating a reverent ceremony for myself I was deep in and like my period would purge much quicker it didn't have to go on as long and yeah it was really it was beautiful and life-changing and I started doing it every moon cycle and every time it would be three days three days three days and I'm like wow this is amazing and I would have zero cramps and zero zero period symptoms and then, you know, society got back into my psyche and I was like, oh, I can't do it because I have to work this day and da, da, da. And again, this is part of why it's important for me to create the time in my calendar where I can actually just be in ceremony because I'm in an altered state. I'm in a ceremonial, you know, experience. And, and so I, you know, had to work. So I stopped doing it. And then what do you know? Seven days back yeah. again. And my period, my story is just like, wasn't feeling honored or made space for again. And so it needs to like drudge out to, you know, not get to have a full purge in just three days and be fully like, I want to be able to fully give myself to it and not have to do anything, not have to answer questions, not have to respond to anyone and, and wanting to onboard everyone in my life to that I do this. And that if they want to work with me, that this is part of working with me. 
and that I want to encourage other women to do this. You know, I recently worked with a medicine client who is a woman and she's a female CEO. And I asked her if she tracks any of the periods of her female employees. And she was like, no. And I was like, do you ever share when you're leading? And she was like, no. I'm like, do you ever share when you're ovulating? And she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, like all of this matters. Um, You know, the women who work for you are probably going to be a little bit more spacey, a little bit more ethereal, a little bit more out there during the time that they're bleeding and they're not going to be as quick witted as sharp. Um, you know, and it's not, it's not about being smart or not. It's just about where the energy is in the body. And like, when you have half your blood leaving your fucking body, like, yeah, you don't have time or energy to think about things that don't matter. Yeah. I am like, as you're talking, I just feel I'm like, yes, yes. Like let's, let's have more of this. Right. And it would take a kind of critical mass of, of, uh, of women to do this and men to support it as well. Um, you know, just like how I want to know where people are at, like it, whether it's even, it doesn't have to be a lover, you know, it could be you're my business partner and um, I have a housemate and I have friends in my life. Right. And so just to, for me to be able to attune um, having some signal, for example, and, and information, and it's interesting. I, I, I see, I know it's wanting to go a little bit towards biology here. Like, I think we are, we're one of two or three species. I think there's, it might be, um, there's like one or one or two other, um, ape, ape species that have what's called like hidden ovulation. So I don't know if you've ever been to the zoo and you like, sometimes you see like the female, like vaginas are like swollen and huge. And, um, and that's the signal that they're um, uh, like ovulating, right? And available. And usually they only even have sex in that window. And humans and these couple other species are the ones that don't. So it, it's believed that, that what that created was more mystery around when the ovulation would happen. And so um, that women would have would have sex throughout the the entire month from from men, and there would be some uncertainty in paternity that would help like raise the children well um, by the tribe rather than like only the person who's uh, who is definitely the father. And anyway, that's that's kind of a whole side story. But the point is just like the the hiddenness of it like prevails today. Like when you were talking about the CEO that doesn't know, doesn't share her cycle, doesn't share others. Like that's never been normalized anywhere I've been except yeah. maybe my Tantra community. Um, and um, that like, we're just li- living under all these other layers. And it's like, this is one of the most impactful internal cycles or qualities of our lives, right? And the fact that we're, we feel shame or discomfort or societally ostracized from, from revealing that outward is, it's backwards almost. Yeah, no, it's true. And like you said, like, let's say women when they're bleeding, were wearing their blood on their forehead, like you're, you're gonna know and you're gonna be reminded every fucking moment that she's bleeding. Every time you're in front of her, you know, and it's gonna be a visual reminder for you of like, be fucking gentle with her, be nicer with her, be more patient with her. Get and- my own. Yeah, sorry. Get get my own laptop. Yeah, okay, there would be that like signal of yeah. okay, normal throughout the other twenty five days. I can yeah, feel free to ask her for her help in something like lifting something, 
yeah like, I'll, I'll take care of it myself today you know yeah. so yeah i think just hmm. so much to talk about on this topic and yeah. even going into like the people's first initial experiences their first right. moon cycle the first time they bled you know i left i led a women's circle a few weeks ago specifically around like just sharing stories of being a woman and menstruation obviously is a topic that came up and I asked the group of 25 women who when they first bled had like an acknowledgement or a ceremony or a gathering or some kind of acknowledgement from their parents or their mom or whatever the fuck that they were going through some kind of initiation one woman raised her hand wow just one woman yeah and and we were all like clapping for her and we're like congratulations and like will you tell us about what happened and she was like yeah my my aunt like my my mom called my aunt and told her that I had bled and my aunt said I'm gonna come and pick you up and we're gonna come to my house so you don't have to be around your brothers and your dad we're gonna come and do like a little celebration and yeah. she was like, I don't feel good. I don't want to do yeah. a celebration. And she's like, this is what we're doing. So she comes over. She said she walks in and the ground is covered in rose petals. <sighs> and she walks in and there's three candles. A white one, a red one, and a black one, I think she said. And the, the white one was to, to be lit to grieve her child. Like the child who just died. The egg that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like to grieve the little girl that is now dying as she initiates into maiden and like woman. Um, And then the red was to like welcome the, the blood and this new energy that she's going to be bonded with of like the menstruation. Uh, And then the black was to like honor the, the future woman that she's going to become or something like that. Um, and so like, again, just intentionality, it doesn't even matter what it was about or the context, like just being intentional. And, and she said she made her this amazing like soup and dinner and they just like watched movies and they did like prayers and burned incense and she gave her gifts and like, yeah, like, oh my God. Yeah. What a beautiful first experience, um, Versus versus it happening on the school bus and no one telling you anything about it or uh, yeah and like I was you know in this conversation with women thinking back to when I was a kid in school in high school and junior high and stuff and how I was treated by like male teachers when I was on my period and stuff and they might they might not even know yeah they might not even know that I'm bleeding and they're just being a fucking asshole and interrogating me about something about my homework and I just start crying yeah you know and like just the lack of care um, and the lack of education around female sexuality female reproductive health you know all of this stuff is just infuriating to me I know I'm just yeah I mean like all these kind of subtopics there's yeah there's also and I remember Ista there was a a woman's circle that you know, involved most women sharing various things about their relationship to their cycle and, you know, women of from 20 to 70, I believe. And, um, 
know, the different relationship to, to being perimenopausal and menopausal and also the effects of, you know, some people being on um, various forms of birth control um, for mm -hmm. decades that maybe even prevented them from bleeding, right? There's a lot of women, depending on their birth control, that um, even bypass the experience or bleed once every four months or something like that. And so there are a vast number of experiences and relationships to it. Hmm. There's so much here and like so much of a new world that I want to create and want to be the new way of living that we do in community and that we do with our close ones or our loved ones or with my children, you know, that just like got totally fucked. I don't know where they were lost, but... Yeah, I, just the the kind of having a level of sacredness um, in our lives. Like I, I think I was most touched in that story around like burning a candle for her lost baby. You know, like it sounds intense, but like, but there's something about that, right? Like women are born with, you know, I think like early on in fetal development, like the eggs are created, and that's how many eggs you have, right? For, for, for your life and every, of course every time you bleed there's like it's a to me seen as a kind of grief like grieving it's like i this again is our, our biology i'm very aware of my biology like the, my sole purpose on this planet is to make more of me like and a lot of what pulls me forward in the world even though i can channel it into work or or pleasure or um other things like the basis of it is actually putting my sperm in an egg in a woman's body. Like that's the, and, and for a woman to have that very visual reminder every month is like, Hmm. And, and then living in a day. It's like kind of like, congratulations. You didn't do your job again. Yes. <laughs> right. And, you know, and living and another whole side topic is this like antinatalism that I think has plagued our society around like, um, what I consider kind of distorted feminism and that like it's a higher path for women like not to have children and dedicate themselves to work and things like that or wait till they're 40 and which a lot of women have done and is now they've realized it is too late for them uh, and um, just separating themselves from that like very primal biological um, imperative. The candle uh, for her menstrual party or gathering or ceremony specifically was for grieving the inner child that just died as her period came uh-huh oh so, her i see yeah. it's her becoming a woman in a way yeah yeah but the, but the same way that when a mother is pregnant and is going to give birth her single maiden is dying and needs to be grieved because she is now going to become mother and we'll never be able to be that single maiden again. So when a woman starts to bleed, she needs to grieve her child, her child self. Yes. The part of her that was young, that is innocent, that has never shed blood. Right. And there is something about shedding blood that initiates maturity, that initiates adulthood. It's another level of like intensity of the human experience. Yeah. And it's not innocent. It's messy. It's gory. It's, you know. And I love the piece that you bring around, like acknowledging um, for a woman, like the grief that women have in association to their period, especially if a woman is trying to get pregnant, 
and then her period comes and the negative connotation around like i my body didn't do it again my body fucked up and it didn't do what it's supposed to and i'm bad or i'm wrong and the different associations women have with their blood whether they celebrate their bleed because they love it whether they mourn it because they're trying to get pregnant and they don't want to be having it whether it's just an annoying thing to them that they have to deal with all the time Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's a big topic. I noticed that there is this, I don't think I want to open it now. We will have to do round two, but this whole, the whole side of the biology and, and, um, how the body changes and, um, effects on like, women having affairs and their how they're what kind of men they're attracted to in different parts of their cycle and like that whole that whole realm is also a very alive thing that I've sort of half half researched and studied um offhand over the years totally as well as in addition to like how much like pheromones and how much birth control can impact the way that you produce pheromones to attract a mate that's maybe not the best fit for you. Like all of these different things, yeah. modern day technology has like really fucked up for us yeah. that were amazing evolutionary programming that was doing us good for a while. And the way that like taking birth control and other things, like I'm grateful for birth control. I'm grateful for it giving many women the life that they want to be living. And there's so much distortion in it. And it's had such a negative impact on women, including, you know, impacting fertility forever. Yes. Um, and women not being educated on that at 16 years old, that they may never be able to bleed again or may never be able to have children. You know, how are you expected to make a decision like that at 16 years old? So. No, it's common. Yeah, I, I'm definitely tracking. We need to do a, a birth control uh, episode and it's. I've heard people say it's societally probably the biggest, the biggest impact on society in the 20th century was the invention of birth control and wow. some, of the reasons, some of the reasons you've mentioned. And, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, the shadow of it, you know, and I hear like a lot of teenage girls, they, you know, get cramps the first time and the, the, uh, their doctors just put them on the pill to help with the little help the pain and things like that. When it's like, you know, without discussing the long term effects the 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 incapacity to trust your biology to know if a mate is uh good for you i mean like you said the pheromones like one thing we're doing when we we're meeting a partner is like merging our dna to see if we're a good match to make babies <laughs> and and birth control completely interrupts that and so it's it's also not a wonder that we are in the time now where people are so confused about like and struggling to find good good partners and um you know, the whole proliferation of, of dating apps. And I almost feel like it's like Amazon marketplace for people now, rather than just trusting our, our felt senses. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Menstruation is a big topic. I feel like we could do a whole section on women's health. Yeah. In regards to like, there's so many different aspects of, of menstruation and bleeding and different ways to honor it. And, different practices that so many women aren't educated on and don't even have access to education on. Yeah. And like, what does it even look like to honor your period, to honor your bleed, 
what's it like to collect it in a moon cup and give it back to the earth versus flushing it down the mm -hmm. toilet flushing your dead babies down the toilet Ener energetically it's not really it doesn't seem that pretty or sacred yeah like, oh intentionality i'm like how can i make my life <clears throat> in every single single thing i do yeah yeah so let's do that let's do that soon let's do that yeah. All right. Let's end here. This has been a, a good download of menstruation. Women, we'd love to hear about some of your experiences with menstruation, what your first bleed was like, maybe some of your stories, um, as well as things you've struggled with in relationship to yeah. your period or things that you love in relationship to your menstrual cycle or your moon cycle. Yeah. And, and, and men, I think like, let's support them let's 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 normalize the 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 female cycle and learn how to embrace them support them attune to them and and actually probably have more satisfying relationships and sexual interactions by attuning to to their cycles yep so yeah well thank you michaela and i uh, i think you are on your moon right now and um thank you for taking the time today i hope you have some restful days on the island thank you love you check back next week okay bye everyone bye. hey everyone 